Hi, everyone. From me and the 2.2 kilos of human within me. <laughs> Who's starting to feel quite heavy now. Well, as many of you will know, we've been in a series on Abraham for a few weeks now, but because it was Pentecost Sunday last Sunday, we've taken a two-week break and we're talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. So who was here last week and heard Taryn speak on Pentecost? Yeah, so that was a, such an amazing message and we're going to follow that on today, um, but don't worry if you haven't heard it, we're going to cover some of the same ground and you can always listen to the podcast as well. And I've decided to call this message today, Show Me Your Face. So last week, Taryn took us through Luke's theology of the Holy Spirit, and he talked like he did today again about how Jesus was baptized um, by John, and the dove descended upon him, the Holy Spirit dis descended upon him and remained with him. And this was such a key moment. It was a, a key moment for Jesus, and then he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. But then he finished with the Pentecost moment, which is Acts 2.2, where all the believers were told, Jesus told them, go and wait in the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And they all went and they waited and the Holy Spirit came down in tongues of fire and a thundering, rushing wind. And this was the moment where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the point he made, which is the crucial point for us, is that this experience, this tangible indwelling experience of the Holy Spirit is available to all of us today. And he showed us that what it's for is assurance of salvation, supernatural boldness, consciousness of God's love, delight in the intense nearness of Jesus, and relationship, fullness of joy coming to him freely. It's an experiential knowing. We can't just know about the Holy Spirit in our mind. We have to know him through our senses as well. And as we go deeper into the book of Acts, it's important to remember that the book of Acts is sometimes called the Acts of the Apostles, but in many ways it's actually the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because this is this group of filled believers going out into the world and representing Jesus to them. And there's so many keys in that for us, because we also get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there are keys for how do we live out that in day-to-day -day life? How do we live out being filled in the Holy Spirit? And there's also keys for us as a church. What does it look like to be a community of filled believers? So my aim for today is to unpack the day-to-day -day and the practical of what does it look like to be people of the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting preparing on Friday morning in a little deli in Constantia, taking a minute just with the Lord, asking for his heart for today. And I looked behind me, and there was this beautiful poem by Mary Oliver, which I've actually since found out isn't one poem. Somebody, who, somebody had compiled different lines from the poem, and they put it together. And it just struck me that this is so, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful picture, this poem, of how we live this out. And so... As we're thinking, how do we walk out life with the Holy Spirit, we can also ask ourselves this much more poetic question, what will I do with my one wild and precious life? And for me, that answer came quite a few years ago now, when I was really crying out to the Lord, asking a similar prayer to show me your face. I wanted to know his realness. And I had this amazing experience of what felt like a cloud coming around me, and I, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And what he promised me in that moment was a relationship with him. 
and it was a tangible experience. I felt it in my senses. I felt it in my body. And since that experience, what I want to do with my one and wild and precious life beyond any shadow of a doubt is to know God more. And I know that many of you have had that, those similar experiences, and that's the same cry of your heart. Oh, God, I just want to know you more. Show me your face. let's actually just take a minute now and let's just close our eyes and let's just ask each of us personally just ask holy spirit show me more of you today reveal to me more of who you are reveal to me more who the father is reveal to me more who jesus is take me deeper show me your face So Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 6.16 that we are the temple of the living God. He says, do you not know you are temples of the living God? And in Acts, when, when we talk about that Pentecost moment, it was a harvest festival that was happening. There were people from all around the world that were gathered together. And this cloud came down, this rushing wind, these flames of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want us to just take a moment to think about the symbolism of that moment as well, because it'll show us that, yes, it was important that that experience happened, but it was also a symbol of a whole new reality and a way of relating to God that was made available to them and made available to us. So that harvest festival happened to coincide with the timing of of the anniversary of when Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. So he received the law, which is the Ten Commandments, the instructions for how the Israelites should live. And part of that was God told him to go down and build a tabernacle. He said, it says in Exodus, Exodus 25, go and build a tabernacle where I can dwell with my people. Because God so badly wanted to dwell with his people. And so Moses, they built everything according to the specifications that were given. And what happens? A rush of wind and the glory of God fills that temple. Very similar symbolism to what happens in Acts. And the same thing happens later in the Old Testament because David starts to get this this desire in his heart to build a temple for God. And actually that mandate was completed by Solomon. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, what happened? Fire came down, glory of God filled the temple. So what I want us to grasp about this is that this is not just a moment for those disciples, and it's not even just a moment for us. It's a symbol as well of the indwelling, the constant indwelling of God where he goes, I am coming to dwell with you. You are gonna be my address. You are the place that I've chosen to make myself available. You are where I want to rest. And this is because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And this was longed for and prophesied for by so many of the Old Testament prophets, including Moses, who Taryn mentioned earlier, who said, without your presence, I'm not going. And now we never need to. We never need to go anywhere without his presence. Similarly, Peter, um, after that Pentecost moment, starts preaching, and he says, this is what the prophet Joel spoke of, that my spirit is poured out on all flesh. We are complete in him because of this moment. It's a whole new reality. It's not a visitation reality. This is a habitation reality. And that is the first thing we need to grasp when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. This is a a habitation reality. He lives in me. 
And this is the profound opportunity to know God because he's in you, you can know him. Colossians 2 verse 9 to 10 says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. So when we have a conversation about the Holy Spirit, we have to start with the fact that we already have everything in us. So think about that line in the poem. I know I didn't read the whole poem. We're going to sort of go through it as we go through um, the scriptures. But the second line is, to return, we, when I look back, I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement. And I want that to be our starting point. I'm married to amazement. I'm a bride. I look at God and I, I think about, I sit in this reality of he is in me. And that reality, as it becomes real, the spirit starts to manifest more in our lives. And how can we be anything but amazed at this reality? And I know many of us know this already, but there are so many depths to this. You can meditate on this for the rest of your life and never quite grasp what it means to have the fullness of God in you. So our prayer, first prayer, show me your face. I want to know you. Before we pray, come Holy Spirit, before we pray for our callings, and we need to pray those prayers, our first prayer, I want to know you. And this is his response. I'm going to take it out of Ezekiel 39, 29. I will not hide my face from them any longer because I have poured out my spirit. So we get to know him because he's poured out his spirit. And then the second thing we need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that we have to understand him in the context of relationship with him. He is in us, but he doesn't originate with us. So it's very different if you, if you read sort of more um, secular books on mindfulness um, or on New Age or even just a lot of the self-help books. They'll talk about like settling yourself and being still and waiting for the wisdom that's in you to rise up. Now that sounds quite similar to what we do when we have the Holy Spirit in us because we wait for his wisdom to bubble up. But it's very different to think you are the source of wisdom than to think he is the source of wisdom. See, you also have wisdom, but you're not God, but you have God in you. And so it's, it's, it's an important distinction to realize, oh, he does not originate with me, but he has chosen to live in me. And here are a few things the New Testament tells us about life with the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Spirit, walk with the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit, set your mind on things of the Spirit, know the mind of the Spirit, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, receive help from the Spirit, be sanctified by the Spirit, be taught by the Spirit, be convicted by the Spirit, be strengthened by the Spirit, grow in the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to always be with you in every single moment. This reality, this new way of relating to God means we never have to be alone. He is always with us. So the tension is this, he is in you and in him is all the fullness, everything you will ever need. And yet it's with him that you get to explore and really unpack that reality. So those two are not the same. And so you have some people who they have their kind of respond to the gospel salvation moment and they fill straight away and they start to feel things straight away. And you have other people who that comes a little bit later. But all of it's in the context of, the, of um, relationship because he's not a portion 
doesn't give himself out in portions. He gives himself as a person. So as we start to relate to him as a person, then our encounters with him, our experiences of him become very personal to us. And they might look different from the person next to you. So it's true that he's in us, and it's also true that he comes upon us. You can be fully assured that the Holy Spirit is in you and never talk to him. And unfortunately, I've met quite a few people that seem to have this experience. They, they love Jesus or they know Jesus. They've responded to the gospel. Therefore, they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you've responded to the gospel, you definitely have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But they've never pursued relationship. And therefore, there's, there's all this in their bank account, all of these things that have been given, the fullness of God to explore, including giftings and including uh, transformation and including calling. And there's just this whole cloud of things that are available because you have the fullness of God in you. But if you don't talk to the Holy Spirit, it's like it's just sitting in that bank account and it's never available. You never cash it in. And then similarly, you can actually hear from the Holy Spirit and not have him living in you. The Bible tells us that, that God draws us, the Father draws us to him, which means that the Holy Spirit can be drawing you towards him, and yet you haven't chosen him, or you haven't had that response to the gospel prayer, and therefore he's not indwelling. It's very different to hearing the Holy Spirit and having the fullness in you. And what you can receive from having the fullness in you is really different. When our first prayer is to know him, the nature of the experiences themselves become secondary. And this is really important because we get tripped up here. Many of us get tripped up here. Our experiences need to be deeply personal. They need to be in the context of the walking out, the day to day. So for example, I was actually having a conversation with Jen the other day and we were talking about experiences of the Holy Spirit. And um, I was saying that for a long time, I'd really struggled with a self-hatred spirit. And walking through my life, I just didn't, no matter what happened or how many good things happened, I just didn't feel good about myself. And then one day I was in a, in a prayer time, and it, it almost was the best I can describe it is it was like a flash of light happened in my spirit. And I, I felt my own beauty revealed to me. I could see how the Father saw me. I could see the perfection of it. And it was this life-changing moment because after that revelation, I could change. But before that, I could say the declarations and I could read all the self-help books and I could tell myself that I'm a child of God and I'm perfect. But until that actual experience of it, it didn't feel real. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us in the context of relationship to reveal more, to do something more supernatural than we can do in our own wisdom. And Jen was telling me she had a similar experience with gratitude, that they were practicing gratitude as a family, and she had such a sense that the gratitude was so important. And yet one day she had this, this encounter, this experience with gratitude, this, this revelation that came from outside of her and made it real in her. So he brings us the revelations and the outpourings and the experiences that we all need. And we must always be pursuing more. So that's part of this relationship, is we're always pursuing more. But pursue it in the context of relationship. See, sometimes we elevate certain experiences above others. So for example, for a long time, 
I was praying for the, this is a very a baptism of the Holy Spirit experience as I understood it and being taught it in the Pentecostal church, which was the Spirit comes in you, He fills you, and you start to speak in tongues. And I felt like this was a qualifying experience for me to be a Christian that, that walked in any kind of power or that walked with the Holy Spirit. And I prayed for that a lot. And it certainly wasn't without, without trying that I actually have, don't think I've ever actually had that experience. Um, it's actually quite funny. My mom, when I was about 12, I was having this crippling anxiety and shame. I mean, she just loved me so much. She didn't really know what to do. Um, when I was 12, there wasn't much talk of anxiety. So there weren't many strategies for how to deal with it with children. So she, she was having profound experiences with the Holy Spirit at the time. So she invited the leader of our church at the time over and they just thought well we can't we don't know how to solve this so we're just going to pray for an infilling of the holy spirit and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and i don't know if any of you have ever felt the pressure <laughs> of being prayed for <laughs> to speak in tongues and it's going on and on and eventually you think i'm just going to say something <laughs> so i did i sort of said some random word and the relief <laughs> on the, the pastor and the relief on my mom. They were like, it's fine, one word is fine, this is fine. Because I felt like they didn't, they didn't know how to stop praying until this had happened. And I didn't really know what to do to make it happen. And unfortunately, I've had that experience a few times since. So to be really honest with you, I don't know if I can speak in tongues. I don't think so. But what I was taught was just keep giving it a good go until it comes, you know. Just keep doing it in faith and then one day, so you know. If you hear me do it, so I'm giving it my best effort, not sure if it is exactly what people are talking about. <laughs> now, I also know, I also know a lot of people that have had that experience. But the problem with elevating one experience with another, and I realize that in some denominations we do do that, but the problem with it is you can start to discredit your own encounters. So there were a lot of amazing experiences that I was having with the Holy Spirit. I was hearing His voice. I, was, I once lost all feeling in my legs and just had to sit there in, his, in the presence of God for a certain amount of time. I felt shaking. I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. And the one thing that I'm 100% sure of is I have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in me. And I can feel that in a thousand ways. So I don't, I don't need to have that one experience. I can still pray for it and I can still pursue it and I want to have it. But my point is, in the context of relationship, we don't diminish what he is doing. We celebrate what he is doing. We celebrate what he is doing in us. We ask for more. But we do it in that space of knowing that we have everything we need already in us. We must always, always pray, come Holy Spirit. So if you've heard me preach before, you'll know that I'm all for praying for greater levels of gifting. I'm all for pursuing more. I'm all for the, the, the greater experience of what's on offer and for our place in that relationship. Sometimes he initiates with an outpouring that's just out of nowhere. Sometimes we initiate with prayer. But we have to do it if we're going to do it in a healthy way from this sense of knowing that I am in union with Christ. I have everything in me and not from a place of a perceived separation from him. Can you see how that can become a little bit dangerous? If we're like, if I don't, I need to keep getting something from outside of me into me, and we're just praying for it, praying for it, praying for it. No, we pray for experiences, and we say, stir up what's already in me. Come upon me. 
but we do it from that, that really settled place of identity. So I'm just going to say that one more time. We pursue experiences from the knowledge of our union, not from a perceived place of separation. And then finally, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit does empower mission and witness, but this comes from a place of overflow. So the next line of the poem was, when I look back, I want to say, all my life I was a bridegroom, taking the world into my arms. So we started with, what do I want to do with my one wild and, forgotten the line, precious life. <laughs> and then we said, okay, we're going to focus on show me your face. I'm the bride. I'm going to be amazed like a bride. And now I'm the bridegroom. I'm going to take the world into my arms. The order is really important. And how do we become a bridegroom? Well, we become a bridegroom because we're here to represent the bridegroom. So we, we, we take that on in our place of mission. We represent him and his heart to the world. So in John 15, 26, Jesus says, he will send a helper who will bear witness to him and as will we by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1, 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and be witnesses. So there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit was given so that we can be witnesses. But what I wanna just challenge us with today is what does witness mean to you? Because typically in the church, witness means preach the gospel. And actually to be a witness is so much more than that. If you want to truly represent somebody, you have to know them. So you become like the people you're with. This is really obvious when we start doing life. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so <the> battery dying. <laughs> um So we know when we spend time with people, you become like the people you spend time with. Everyone aware of that in just normal life. So really, I was actually talking to a school friend the other day about a group of people that we went to school with. And we were talking about how they all sort of ended up going down a similar path. Not a great path. But it's so interesting that a whole group of people can all go off course in, in one way. But that's because they're all influencing each other. So if we want to represent somebody, we have to know them intimately. That's why we start with knowing God. And it's not just about preaching, although preaching is a huge part of it. So of course we get emboldened to preach and we wanna tell about what we know. But I would say what's even more important than that is that in your space of really knowing him, you start to exude him, that your life becomes a witness. See, even an atheist can preach the gospel with the right scripts. So it's not just about your words, it's about your life, it's about what you're carrying. People get inspired by people that are living a life that they can be inspired by. And we know this, you don't go to you know, a fitness coach that doesn't look fit, you don't get nutrition advice from somebody who clearly is not following a good nutritional diet. So there's a, there's a power that comes when even if you're not somebody who, who openly speaks or preaches, there's a power that comes to somebody that is living a life in step with the Holy Spirit, that becomes such a powerful witness that demonstrates something different.
So as you pray, show me your face and allow me to know you and then walk this out in relationship. You actually can't help but represent him. And I 100% believe that part of representing him is walking in power, it's walking in gifting, it's walking in the miraculous. And we should all be actively going after that. But I preach this in a particular order because the order really matters. So let's have a look at those last three lines of the poem. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. So first we pay attention. Some of us need to really sit in that reality of being the temples of the living God until it's so true it bubbles up. We get to know him. Second, we spend time in the wonder of who he is. Think about the inheritance. And then from that place, we tell about it because we can't help but overflow. Jesus wants to keep teaching us everything that our inheritance has given us. So he said to the disciples, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't handle it now. Now is not the right time, but don't worry. I'm sending the Holy Spirit and he will represent me. He will tell you, he will tell you the greater things. So what Jesus gave us in that moment was the opportunity to explore this inheritance for the rest of our lives through his voice, through the Holy Spirit. So we get to live in this incredible privilege of seeking his face, knowing nothing is withheld from us and everything is ours to discover. So I just want us to sit in that reality for a little while. Maybe just close your eyes. Purposely left a lot of time for ministry because to talk about the Holy Spirit is one thing, but to experience him is what we're here for. So just where you're sitting, let's just quiet ourselves, center ourselves. If you can feel you've sort of gone into a passive place, just wake yourself up and pay attention. And let's just together, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Let's ask him again to just stir up what's already in us. band if you're ready you can come back up if you'd like to stand you can stand if you want to stay sitting you're welcome to stay sitting we're just going to each lean into the Holy Spirit now I really felt this morning there's some of us who have been walking with the Lord a long time and we've kind of set our ceiling and the Holy Spirit just wants to break that ceiling again. We've got into a rhythm of what we feel like we can experience of him. And yet there's so much more to experience. So if that's you, I just want you to sit in that reality of the fullness of God that lives in you.
And Lord, I just pray that you would reveal to each of us more of who you are. Come, Holy Spirit, reveal to each of us more of who you are. Thank you, Lord. And I just felt like there were two groups of people, probably more than two, but these two just really stuck out. That there's some of you that have been feeling disqualified by the encounters that you haven't had and that you've been looking for something outside of yourself and what the Holy Spirit's really calling you into is to just rest in what's inside you. other group of people I felt was that there's people that you're really sure of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you, but there's this whole bank account and you've forgotten to keep pursuing. And some of you need to keep pursuing what's available. Maybe you've disqualified yourself or just thought that the portion that you've been given is just that, a portion, and you've forgotten that actually you've got the fullness of God in you. There's no portions. There's just a person, and the person is the fullness, and it's all yours. It's all available. That's why we don't need to pray for revival. We are revival. We don't need to pray down open heavens. We live under an open heaven. It's all available. All available to every single one of us. I just break off disqualification and small thinking in this room in Jesus' name. Break off disqualification and small thinking. You do not need a particular experience, but you will get those experiences. You do not need to spend hours and hours on your knees to be worthy of representing Jesus on earth. His blood called you worthy. You are already worthy. You do not need anything more than is already in you, and yet the privilege is He will pour more out on you. We live in that tension. We, we live aware of what we have, and from that place, we pray down more. So if you're someone, then you can feel, oh, I've, I've stopped pursuing the more for whatever reason. And I just pray that your heart would awaken now with a hunger to pursue the more, for a hunger to spend your whole life, your one wild and precious life, pursuing everything that was given to you, everything that was given to you, that nothing would be left, no stone would be left unturned. This is the great adventure. This is everything life is about. And I also just felt this morning, I felt like God said to me, I want you to acknowledge the people that have walked this message out for years already. There are so many of you, you have, you have, you have lived in step day to day with the Holy Spirit. You're unpacking all it is. And I just want to acknowledge that when we're in these meetings and we're experiencing these outpourings, some of that is actually the outflow of what's on your life and what you fought for in private. And we thank you for bringing your intimacy into this space. responded to the gospel and therefore you might have heard his voice but you don't have that indwelling 
We're going to give you an opportunity. Um, to, we're going to want to pray for you. We won't make you come up in front of everybody. But we will pray for you. But we'd like to make that choice. So let's all stand together now and I'm just going to call forward some of those people and we're just going to pray. And whether you come forward or not, I want you to stay in the space and just let's, let's experience a fresh consecration. Let's just say to him again, show me your face. Show me your face. I was so filled this morning with, I want to be a place that the Holy Spirit can rest on. You see, the thing with relationship is that it's a two-way thing. So when we come to the Holy Spirit, yes, we're looking to trust Him, but He also wants to be able to trust us. How can we be a place that He can trust to land and to rest? Take us into the wall. I know that there's a lot of tensions to grasp, but this concept of the, of the relationship is so important. When we give Him our whole heart, he starts to trust us to reveal the more and the more and the more. And I promise you, you can spend your whole life going deeper and never get to the bottom of it. So I'm just going to call forward some of those people to, to be prayed for. The rest of us are going to stand. We're just going to worship. I believe many of us are going to have experiences with the Holy Spirit that are personal experiences today. You don't need to be prayed for necessarily. But also there's something that happens with the laying on the hands something that happens when somebody who is carrying a greater revelation or um, that can pray for you and it can unlock something in you. So if you feel like something needs to be unlocked in you, then don't miss this opportunity. So actually the first group of people I want to call forward is if you are feeling the Holy Spirit on you and you know that you already carry this and can pray for people to receive it, can you come up and help me pray? And let's just remember to be respectful, lay hands in an appropriate place on the person's body, ask their name, ask them um, if they're happy to be touched and prayed for. And I know there's people in this room, would you just come forward and be ready to pray? And then I'm going to call forward all the ones who you thought you had to have an outer experience. If you thought you had to have an outer experience and you've actually just God is speaking to you that you need to rest in that place of union. And please come forward and let, let one of these guys pray for you. And then for those of you that have never experienced that, that coming upon you of the Holy Spirit and you want to have an experience in your senses, you want to feel Him tangibly, then I want you to come forward too to these guys. They're going to lay hands on you. any of you in this room that just want more unlocked, just want more unlocked, come forward and be prayed for. Some of you might need to just come and, and consecrate yourselves freshly to the Lord, but don't miss this moment. Let's not miss this moment. Let's not miss this moment. He wants to release more on us. He wants to show us everything that we already have. He wants to stir it up. And if you are here and you've never responded to the gospel and you want to receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then please come to me. I'd love to pray for you.